Hello and welcome to the Over Underachievers, the only podcast in the world that talks about sports and gambling. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas Joining me as always, he was out last week because of a COVID misunderstanding, Jason Waterfalls. That's not what it was. That's that's not why you were out, but that was why Cam Newton uh, is out this week. Like Cam, of all the places to be like the dog ate my homework, I feel like New England is the last place to try that excuse, but I do... Um, admire you for trying it in this situation. Didn't the team kind of admit that they had a misunderstanding as well? Or did you read that it was all Cam? The the buzz, the insidery buzz, is that New England was trying to be uh, the good guy and be like, this was just like paperwork stuff that was disorganized and that's what the problem is. But they're kind of pissed at Cam um, because he, I think this is this goes back to his vaccination status and he went off campus and then did the tests off campus and then they came back they're like yeah it, i don't care that you got to test it on arby's um we have to be the <laughs> ones that do that test okay so like th- you screwed up now because of that shout out arby's so, though no free ads love arby's no I'll, I'll i'd be willing to give arby's a free ad they have the meats you know like a, i'm a okay great commercials it. when's the last time you had arby's the last time i've had arby's it's probably been um if i said over under nine months would you say over or under over it would be about nine months there used to be one by our old office um, that I would skate past every now and then and just be like, I know, I know you're just kind of like generally using skate, but I would love to see you on roller skates. Um, you know what I did, uh, our small group at church uh, a couple years ago wanted to have a roller skating party and I was faced with a choice of like, do you, uh, do the not, I'm not going to do this activity thing. And I've honestly, a personal development alert. Um, I've tried to evolve <laughs> out of that, you know, like with my, my nephew this past weekend, he did a aquatics ropes course birthday party and nice. classic Knox would have been like, I'm not going to do that. But this new Knox, I was like, I'm going to do it. Cause I only live once and it hurt and I fell a lot, but it was fun. But so I was still trying to do that then. And I was like, I'm not going to sit out and I'm not going to do this like slow thing. I'm going to go hundred miles an hour. Okay. Oh and just, I did go hundred miles an hour circling the rink. I did. I think I dislocated a finger and an elbow, you know, and people laughed at me, but I had fun. And that's how I want to live my life. I want to go. And you got your exercise hour. in for the day. Good for you. I did. Speaking of exercise, you were uh, you were out last week. Andre was out as well. Um, you were out because I'll just be honest. What you told me was like, hey, probably not going to be able to make recording this week because I'm climbing a mountain. And that's really all you you gave me the name of the mountain. And I was like, that sounds like is that is that like a place like a you go for a hike or something like an Instagram hike? But um, it was a legit mountain. Do you like how much do you, are you comfortable with disclosing about this? Uh, I'll disclose whatever you want. I did not make it to the summit. So wow. did everybody else like they leave you behind? Other people did great. Uh, I was just with one other guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, so it was I, just like you and him. And he was like, deuces, I got to do this. I no, hope I'm, yeah. And it, it was an understanding from the beginning. Uh, sure. It's, it, it's a pretty, pretty intense situation. Um, but yes, it's Mount Whitney in California. Flew into Vegas, drove out to California through Death Valley, saw Death Valley. That was awesome. And I made it seven of 11 miles up the mountain. It's a hike. It's not, you're not mountain climbing for the record. Sure. There's no, there's no belay, belay on, on There's belay. no free solo situations here? There's none of that. So you start at about 8,300 feet above sea level. Okay. And then the goal is to get to about 14,500 feet. I got to um, just over 12,000 feet. So okay, went, that's pretty good. I went up about four thousand feet in my in my uh, seven miles. So yeah, it was uh, it was a lot. So like a lot. Do you have like a lot of carabiners? That's all I know about mountains. <laughs> I had a mountain backpack, a mountain hiking yeah. backpack, and um, poles. Okay, okay. Did the you poles have like vital, the... man? I'll tell you what. And the the smoke coming in from the wild wildfires in California, 
had a big effect. It really did. Okay. The, oh, so okay. So I'm hearing like I would have gotten to the summit if not for the wildfires. Probably is that what you're yeah, saying that, I mean, here? That's obvious. That's yeah. Like, you know my asthma history, so like that's that's like a given. Yeah, trying to stun on people this early in the podcast, but yeah, you do have an <laughs> asthma history now. So your climbing partner was he the one initiating? Like, hey, if you can't hang, I am going to leave you. Or were you like, hey? I don't know how I'm going to do here. Just so you know, you're free, like be, be free to go like climb your mountain. It was definitely me like, Hey, I don't want to hold you back. I don't want there to be injuries or anything like that mm. or causation for, um, limitation. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good podcast band name. Uh, <laughs> so causation for limitation of, of, of this gentleman. So mm. yeah, I definitely was, uh, the spearheading that of, look, I'm going to stay here for hours as you continue on. Yeah, and that's totally cool with me. There was a lot of marmots around. Oh, okay. I've seen. I saw some marmots, marmots in uh, in Wyoming. My, or my, I'm, I'm sorry, Montana. I did when I was fishing a little bit. Yeah, these things. Uh, DGAF. And they're like they will squirrels, come for the snacks. Squirrels that don't really give a f. They're <laughs> just like I'm going to do my thing, and I don't care if I get a little bit on you while I do it. So yes. I, I like them. Um, just like you were the one like initiating, like, hey, you might need to go on without me, and that's okay. I feel like we got a parallel with that in National uh, Professional Football League because Tim Tebow also did that with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's a professional segue we're going to use to talk about our first over under here because I wanted to talk to you about. Well, first, like, are are you okay? with Tim Tebow not being a tight end anymore? Or like, or is this too early? And like, we'll talk about this later. No, it's, it's fine. I lost that bet. You know, yeah. you don't win them. You don't win them all. I don't go into them thinking I'm going to win them all. Like other people sure. on this podcast. <laughs> um, so you have to understand that you're going to lose some of them. And the Tim Tebow one, uh, having any catches in the regular season was definitely something that I was wrong about. Was it the uh, the viral clip of him trying to block two people and he got spun around like a drunk toddler? Was it that one you were like, ooh, I don't know about if I'm going to win that one? No, and that got blown way out of proportion because I really think that we could find that on several different people. Maybe not on Kittle. Mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know. Okay, so what we're going to do in this first over-under is we're going to talk about NFL rookie quarterbacks. And uh, it's going to be a very subjective over-under, but I do feel like it's worth our conversation here, especially um, as we are close to getting out of the preseason. And that is uh, uh, NFL rookie quarterbacks you think you'll be impressed with by the end of this year. I've set the over-under at three and a half. Obviously, who we're talking about here, we're talking about Mac Jones, we're talking about Justin Fields, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence. We're talking about Zach Wilson. We're talking about Trey Lance. If you want to talk about Davis Mills, someone I lost a lot of money on in the NFL draft, you're free to do that. I don't think I will, but you do have that freedom to do that. That's one of my biggest questions in this whole segment is, are we discussing your boy Davis Mills on my X team, the Houston Texans? He's looking frisky. I will say that. He's looking real. He's He's looking looking risky and frisky. So, hey, really bad. You know what? At least he's not uh, assaulting masseuses. And I have I have a high bar for my quarterbacks and he's he's achieved that one. So, you know, in this, you know, because so we're just talking about the Jaguars. Um, I had to be in back in Birmingham uh, the beginning of this week. Um, so I was in a hotel room checking out the Jags Saints game. And I will say um, th- there's not a lot to like on the Jags. Probably the thing I like the least is the Urban Meyer body language on the sideline. Yeah. Because it is a problem. <laughs> it's is really, he already really sick bad. again? Are we already <laughs> lining up to uh, it's close to, to leave the team? Over under, he's he's got a little bit of the Coach K in him of like, oh no, this isn't going well. Like Cherokee Parks isn't as good as Christian Leitner. Back, <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like over under Urban Meyer health scare. I'm going to put it at four and a half games, and I am going to take the under on that. <laughs> I'm also on your under. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I did think Trevor Lawrence looked good. I just don't know if um 
I mean, he looked fine. You know, he looked I know, like but capable. This is the NFL. This is the number one draft pick. When Andrew Luck came in, when Peyton Manning came in, like e- even in Peyton Manning's first season, I think Andrew Luck had eleven wins his first year, and Peyton Manning mm-hmm. had uh, three. But even in the preseason, Peyton looked smart, looked confident. You know, was moving around doing his Peyton feet stuff. But I don't think Trevor Lawrence looks good. I got. Oh, so you don't you. think he looks good? You think he looks bad? I think he looks good in the uniform. Those sure. colors actually look good on him. They do. Um, I'm not, I don't think he's the most attractive quarterback in the NFL. But okay. uh, that's, do that's we want to talk difference. about that? Who's the most attractive quarterback in the NFL? Kyle uh, comma asking a guy <laughs> who sent me a screenshot of David Carr on an NFL <laughs> talk show. <laughs> I just so wanted handsome. to establish your bona fides so people will respect your opinions on David this. Carr and Kyle Bowler, best two looking quarterbacks in the NFL history. Uh, yeah, Trevor. Lo- I don't know, man. I, I'm not. I am not sold on Trevor Lawrence. So the question is, who I'm going to be impressed with by the end of the year? He could be on there, but three and a half, I'm going to end up taking the under. And I think that my three are going to be uh, against my bet with Andre. Justin Fields, I think he's going to be able to make some moves with that team in Chicago. And then I'm going to have to go with Mac Jones, especially with this camp stuff going on. And Zach Wilson. I'm Okay. I'm, and Zach I'm Wilson gonna, stuff, huh? Yep. That's my only other one. I think he's going to be impressive i don't think they're going to win a ton of games i don't think he's going to be rookie of the year or anything i think that he's going to play fine and that's going to be impressive because the bar for for zach wilson right now for me is very low yeah so we're both kind of we're we're in kind of the same spot of you talked a lot of trash about justin fields i think um uh not being very good no 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 no. i just said he wasn't going to play I think that Andy Dalton's going there. I think that they're going to rest him. I think that there's going to be a change in leadership or whatever goes on in Chicago. I, I only said Dalton's not going to play. I never said Justin Fields wasn't good. It's it's okay. Be a big red guy. Be a big Andy Dalton guy. That's okay. Try that shoot. Try that shirt on and just wear that thing. It looks good on you, Jason. Be okay with it. You know, I look. I I'm wearing the shirt of like Zach Wilson sucks. I'm watching some preseason stuff and I'm seeing some throws. And I'm like, oh no, he looks okay. He looks better than I thought he did. So who knows? I'm gonna have to deal with that. And I'm already feeling a little self conscious about that. I'm with you. I do think Mac Jones is gonna win out. Um, and I. I I, just when I thought I was out, they're pulling me back in. Yep. I feel like I'm I'm gonna be like really in, not like rooting for the Patriots because that's not how I get down. But I feel like I'm gonna be I'm gonna assume they're gonna be really good. I think Justin Fields. I, I think you're like you're you're gonna see the big red. Um, but I do think he'll get in there eventually. I just that's a Matt Nagy, um, Ryan Pace problem that I don't think they're gonna set him up to succeed. So it's gonna be a balance of um, is he doing well or are they just kind of submarining him? Um, real. I don't think you're gonna see a lot of Trey Lance. I think Zach Wilson's going to be fine, but they're so young and they're so um, not deep in any position that he's not going to be able to thrive. Um, I, it, it really all hinges on Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, I was thinking about what you're saying. I, I don't think he's looking bad. I, I don't think he's looking good. He's just kind of looking. And I don't know. That's kind of always been him to me, you know? And he's always been a guy where he's obviously good at what he does. It's more, I'm told he's good. And he's gotten the receipts at Clemson. I, the scouts have always talked about certain particulars that maybe I'm not smart enough to understand, but I don't know that I, I see the it factor, you know, and I don't know that Jacksonville, I, I have always really been fearful for him because Brian Schottenheimer, Brian Schottenheimer is his offense coordinator and Brian Schottenheimer has a history of taking someone good and making them worse, you know? And I feel like for this part of his career, this initial four into the NFL to be saddled with an offensive coordinator who sucks 
that's a problem. That's not going to be good. I'm, I'm sitting here to go back to a more interesting question you asked of like, who is the most attractive quarterback in the NFL? I'm sitting here <laughs> really racking my brain because I want to, I want to understand who I think that is. And I, granted, we're doing that off the cuff. I think if I had to have a top three, I think it's Jimmy G. Yes. I think Cam Newton's in there. Three. Right. I think Cam sure. Newton is a very attractive uh, human being. I'm trying to think who would be your third if you had to pick somebody. I've seen Cam live in like street clothes. Yeah. He is huge. He's a massive human being. I feel like people don't understand that enough, how large he is. Would you put Matt Stafford in there in that sweater that ESPN has him on in the cover of the magazine? <sighs> I don't know how to feel about that, honestly. That's a that's a wild look. Like not even a hoodie, just, just like a straight up sweater. You want to go into the sub? Because I've got some Stafford takes. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. What do you think? I'm all in on Stafford in LA. You're, so you're buying all the LA Rams uh, Kool-Aid? I'm buying all the Stafford Kool-Aid. I'm not saying they're winning a Super Bowl. I'm all in on Stafford. I think I think that this is exactly what he needed. I I, I cannot I cannot imagine a more perfect situation for him. I know. I agree with you. But I think this also feels like the last thing someone sees before they get sucked into the black hole of L.A. Rams hope and they get spaghettified, you know, by like Sean McVay and the fact that they don't draft people anymore. Um, My heart, my head says yes, but my heart is just like, but it is Matt Stafford and it is the Rams. And they do have some organizational issues to deal with. And they did did just trade for Sony Michelle, a guy who sucked in New England. So I, I don't I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think, but going back to the over/under, NFL rookie QBs, I'll be impressed with. I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna go three. I don't think. I think I'll be impressed with Trey Lance, and I think I will eventually be impressed with Zach Wilson, but not this year. So, um, I think uh, we're both we're both under on that one. Let me throw like a like an impromptu over/under at you. Starting quarterbacks who are new to teams, right? So like the the free agent shuffle, trade shuffle. Um, starting quarterbacks, you'll be impressed with by the end of the year. Um, uh, I'm sorry, new starting quarterbacks on new teams you'll be impressed with by the end of the year. I'm going to set it at three and a half. And I think there are, I think there's nine total. I'll read them off really quick. Uh, Fitzmagic with Washington football team, Carson Wentz with Indy. Uh, I'm going to count to it with Miami because he didn't get the starting shake last year. Uh, Stafford with LA, Jared Goff with Detroit, Sammy Bedhead with Carolina, Jameis in New Orleans, uh, Big Red in Chicago, and Teddy Bridgewater with Denver. Uh, so that's nine. Over-unders at three and a half. You can be impressed with uh, m- over or under three and a half? I'm going over, and my number is five. Fits for the Washington football team, always electric, right? Okay. That magic has got to run out at some point, but he should have kept playing in Miami last year. I understand why they did what they did, but he should have kept playing. You know what I like about him right now? Um, his beard, his beard's always been the story, but now it's his hair. Like his head hair <laughs> is getting wild. It's getting so, it almost looks like the genie Sammy from Aladdin. It's yeah. It's cr- no. It's not even bedhead. It's just like it's 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 doing its own thing. It's like it's do it's, it's releasing an EP solo album. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm I'm still obviously buying stock on Tua in Miami, so that's number two. Obviously Stafford in LA. I've said that I think that that's going to work out, and then Jameis in New Orleans. Ooh. You know, Jameis Jameis is an interesting one because take a little bit of the personality out of it. He plays a lot like Brett Favre to me. It's just so chaotic. Okay. It's not methodical. Like like Peyton Manning, we, I always talk about how crazy his feet were, but there was always a plan, right? Yeah. But with Jameis, with Favre, you don't know what's going to happen. With Russell Wilson, it's kind of like that, but it's real smooth, right? It's got that Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, they kind of have that smooth chaos to them. You're not wrong. The problem is 
what are you, what James are you getting? You know, because there's no uh, neutral. You know, I feel like with quarterbacks you look for like chaotic good or neutral. With yeah. Jameis, sometimes you get chaotic evil, and and I feel like I can I can already like manifest in my in my head Sean Payton snapping four clipboards, you know, because of things that Jameis did. Because we did get a glimpse of like his his arm; he has big time arm talent. But I'll never forget seeing Jimbo Fisher try to murder him with a Gatorade bottle at Florida yep. State, and, you know. And I don't feel like you grow out of that. So uh, I don't I don't think you're wrong because I I think if you had to bet on the Saints really being bad. Are really being good. I'd rather bet on them being good because of Sean Payton's ability to corral Jameis. Where I don't know that Tampa always had the, the head coach to corral him, but I think like you know, I was thinking Fitzmagic, yes. I think Tua, I think Stafford, and I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater in Denver. I think no. he's looked really good. You don't like that. You don't like that at no. all. No, I'm out on Teddy Bridgewater. There's a reason that he he keeps moving. Uh, I mean, he did a good job when he was filling in. Um, for what New Orleans several mm-hmm. years ago, or was that or yeah, and then a couple years ago, yeah, and, and then Jets, and then Carolina, and then now out to Denver. Uh, there's got to be something going on there. And, and but my other one, uh, my last one was, and I bet you're gonna come at me on this one and say don't is Dalton for Chicago. Why is Andy oh Dalton God. not gonna play well there? Why are you doing this? This why is not about just. Like this? this is not about Justin Fields. It's not about Justin Fields. It's about Andy. It's about why, why would you? Why is he not a good quarterback? He's a, other he's than a, his inability to throw two open receivers. <laughs> it's it's not that he's a bad quarterback. It's just he's a backup quarterback. He he became a backup quarterback as a starter, and once you start that, you can't stop that. And I think you're always but he's always going to be. Cap- you're you're not wrong. I do think. See, I think the Denver roster. I think the Denver offense is really set up to succeed. And I you know I was thinking about well, I'd be more impressed with Sam Darnold, Carolina, than I was with Teddy Bridgewater. Honestly, I think I think Darnold and Bridgewater are pretty much equals there. Yep. You know, yep. so I think with with Teddy him being the start over Drew Locke, I think that'll be an improvement. That'll be an upgrade in Denver, and I think they'll do well. I think they'll have a good year. But it's it's kind of that Tyrod Taylor vibe. Um, or even that fits magic vibe of like it's the Case Keenum theory of um, he did take us like deep in the playoffs, but what if we could get Kirk Cousins? Which Kirk Cousins is just like a um, a, a billionaire's version of Case Keenum, you know, like billionaire vibes of Case Keenum of just the guy who could do the job and not do it in a sexy way. So I think that's why we'll get tired. And I think honestly, I think Carolina will get tired of Sam Darnold. Denver will get tired of Teddy Bridgewater, and Chicago 100% will get tired of uh, Big Red Andy Dalton. Um, okay, let's go to our second over under, um, and I w- we want to move to the college realm here. And I want to talk to you because we're you know we're week zero, we're on the eve of some college football games happening this weekend. Um, I don't want to turn it negative, but I do think this uh, we do need to look at this college football landscape in a way that it might change after the season. So what I wanted to ask you was out of Michigan, Nebraska, USC, UCLA, and LSU. Um, it's a lot of letters, but that's five teams. How many of these teams and programs? will be looking for a new head coach either during or after this year. I'm going to set that over under at two and a half. How many teams do you feel good about saying they'll fire their head coach? I'm going to say two are going to fire their head coach. I think okay. there's no chance that Clay Helton stays at USC. I think all five of these teams that you picked, Michigan, Nebraska, USC, UCLA, and LSU, take LSU out. Okay. Ed Ordron just got a national championship two years ago. Mm-hmm. He's not getting fired two years after that, even if they have a horrible year. I, I just don't believe that. Okay. So out of those other four teams, I don't think there's any chance that Clay Helton stays with USC, but all four of these teams have a 
but who are you going to get problem, right? We've talked about that before. It's not just about Michigan firing Jim Harbaugh, which is my second one. And that's Mm -hmm. my under, I think that Michigan is going to get rid of Jim Harbaugh after this season, unless they beat Ohio state, which they will not, which they will not. And I, and I believe that this is, um, Clay Helton. I mean, that's been tumultuous from the beginning. I don't know how he's still there. And I, I think that they're going to move on from him. So I'm, I'm on the under, but I do think that those two, I'm on under, but I'm, I'm, I feel confident to lock in Michigan. Wow. And See, okay. I'm a little, I'm, I'm on the over. And I think weirdly the one I'm, I'm most nervous about is Clay Helton because I think there, there's a path for them having a really good year. And I think Clay Helton kind of does feel like, speaking of Andy Dalton, he feels like the Andy Dalton of head coaches in college. Like no, you're just that's you're chomping fair. at the bit to get rid of him for something sexier and someone sexier. But I feel like they have a chance to really um, have a good team this year. Um, I, I agree with you about LSU um, only because it was so recent and because last year was uh, was a COVID situation. But I do, I would, I would lock in. I think not the end of this year, but the end of next year, they will be looking for a new head coach because I think that was – that was lightning in a bottle. They had the perfect coordinators with the perfect quarterback. And I think Edward Drawn, he he's more likely to be managing like uh, a chicken salad chick in three years than he is running a major college football program. Just because I, I don't think he's that overseer like Dabo, but uh, less he less comprehensive, less like coherent, you know? Um, and I just don't think we're gonna we're gonna love that. Um, I, I think Chip Kelly. Um, I think the, you know, the tribe has spoken on that. I feel like he, uh, with, you know, with UCLA, I feel like the, the Chip Kelly thing when he was at Oregon, it, it was a movement, but it wasn't because of him. Right. Like he feels a little bit like Tumblr or Groupon, um, in, oh, wow. in the respect of I like, think it was because of him. It was because of Groupon. You know, I, I, I do get where you're going though, but, it, but I, it's that he, a lot of credit to him at Oregon. Is yes. All like, he was certainly doing something, but it goes back to that great man theory in history, right? Like did the, a thing happen because of this individual singular person or was that thing always going to happen? It was just that person who happened to be at the, uh, at the inflection point of it. See, I think it was, it wasn't Chip Kelly. It wasn't like we'd still be in the stone ages offensively. If Chip Kelly doesn't exist, he just put words to a movement that was already coming, you know? Um, and I think that we, we see that with his work at UCLA. He's he's ten and fifteen since he's gotten there. Um, uh, none of his three seasons have resulted in a winning record. He doesn't really recruit that well, even though I think they recruit a little bit better. So I think he's going to get he's going to get axed. I think Harbaugh's going to get axed. Him his buyout being dropped down to four million and uh, Michigan's extension of their uh, uh, athletic director. I think that's kind of the the subtle way to be like who has the conk here in this program. Yep. Um, and I don't, I think their recruiting woes are, are going to catch up to them this year. And I think, you know, when you look at Nebraska, it's not a very interesting program really right now, but they seem so done with Scott Frost. Uh, but it feels like they're doing a more chill version of what Tennessee did to Jeremy Pruitt, where they're going to breadcrumb like the improper stuff before icing him. Um, and I think they're ready to, they're going to ice him with cause, not be on the hook for that contract. And then uh, Trev Alberts, the new AD, is going to try to find his guy. So I think we're going to have a lot of those people on the chopping block. I think Scott Frost is one more year away. I think last year was so crazy. And then I think that that's going to breadcrumbs going to happen this year. And then after this year, because Nebraska, I, I think we both don't think is going to be a good football team this season. I think that after this year, I mean, excuse me, after next year. Mm. So, so all the breadcrumbs will be laid over the next two seasons and then they get rid of him. Yeah, it's to think of Michigan. I don't know. It's it's one of those things of like, do 
uh, is it just I grew up with Michigan being really good and I think that's a premium job? Is it actually still a premium job? I don't know. But to think of the people who would be in consideration for that Jim Harbaugh spot, I feel like that could get really creative. And I feel like you could be talking about PJ Flex stuff. I feel like you could be talking about uh, even Matt Campbell up there. I think uh, Tony Elliott eventually has to go somewhere, you know? So I feel like that it'll be a nice uh, musical chair situation happening. Matt Campbell's really interesting. I mean, because you're going to have to pull him away, it appears. And he does not look like a guy who would be at home in the Michigan man aesthetic, you know? Or, or in the USC aesthetic. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. I feel like he's kind of comfortable where he is. So I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see, but I do think we're going to have a lot of, uh, we're going to have a lot of mixing uh, and matching uh, coaching jobs to be sure. And now we're going to welcome in our good friend, Andre Three Sacks for better in theory. Andre, how we doing, man? Gentlemen, I'm doing well. You know, we're finally, we finally made it. We're week zero in college football is here. I don't care who's playing on Saturday. I'm excited. Now, just to be clear, so like you guys were off last week. You know, we had some scheduling stuff. Did you also climb a mountain or were you just like doing like regular life stuff? Just regular life stuff. Just being a dad, being a husband, just doing the thing. No mountain, yeah. no mountain life for me. Not pooping in bags, not fighting bears, just like fighting life. I didn't fight That's a bear. Like, I did poop in a bag. If you <sighs> had seen a bear, would you have fight it? Yeah. Course. Yeah, only if it was br- brown throw down. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't do this to the listeners again. Brown turn around and throw down black <laughs> smack, black smack, smack, no. smack back. Again, this is gambling. This is professional gambling advice. This is professional uh, survival advice. So take the, write those down. Um, okay, so we're doing better in theory. We're doing, um, you know, we did we've done Big Ten. We're going to do uh, SEC next week. But here we wanted to capture just some of the teams we weren't going to be able to like to really buckle down and talk about. So we're just going to call this the miscellaneous um, NCAA teams. We're going to start with Notre Dame. Um, and we're going to bet their uh, win totals. Uh, the the number I saw, I think, at Odd Shark for Notre Dame was eight and a half, which I thought was a little low. It kind of surprised me, frankly, um, that it was that low. Um, when I was looking at them, I just really don't ever like watching. I'm sorry, Jason. No offense. I just don't like watching yeah, Notre where's Dame. This going? No what? offense. I don't like watching Brian Kelly's bright red tomato face. No offense. I don't like the way they play offense. No offense. I don't like their jerseys. Um, what I is think, happening right I ju- now? I don't. I just. I've never heard anybody say they don't like watching Notre Dame. Have you ever heard anybody say they don't like Brian Kelly's tomato face? Have you ever yes. heard that? Because that's, that's a real fair. thing. Okay. And I just, I don't like how they always show up in primetime and they get like curb stomped. So I just, I don't really have a good feeling about them. That's not true. They had a great game against Clemson. They didn't get curb stomped. I know, but it's just like, it, it just, I don't have a good, like, you know, just a, if you had a focus group me with Notre Dame, I would always be negative. That said, when I saw eight and a half, I was like, oh, I don't know. That eight and a half number is a little weird. I feel like their defense is going to be good. I don't know about their on- offense. Um, so I'm probably going to take the over weirdly Andre what are you thinking about it yeah I mean this team returns only nine starters only three on offense they lost a lot of offensive production uh, they're replacing four or five offensive linemen um, but they did add a nice grad transfer piece uh, from Wisconsin and quarterback Jack Cohen who will hopefully kind of stay the ship um, you know looking at their schedule it's a pretty fascinating schedule in that they face six teams coming off a of bye this year Whoa, I didn't realize that. Five, they um, are playing USC also off a of bye. So they're playing five teams that are coming off a of bye before playing Notre Dame. It's pretty fascinating that, to see a schedule like that. Um, but as you kind of like work through the schedule, a, a fun Labor Day Monday, uh, Labor Day weekend uh, game against Florida State at Florida State. Um, you know, I think Florida State will be better. I think that'll be a fun game to watch. But I've got them. 
I've got a slight over at nine and three, uh, losing to Wisconsin, losing to Cincinnati, and then a toss up with a loss to either Southern Cal or North Carolina. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't realize. I think I'd always kind of uh, slotted them in for a super easy schedule, and this year I didn't even know about the buy thing. But this year in particular, their strength of schedule, I think, uh, according to PFF, is sixteen out of uh, one hundred thirty teams. So it's a little stronger than usual. Um, Jason, as an avid Notre Dame fan, as a uh, as a as a Brian Kelly head, you know, as someone who um, brings up Ian uh, book to strangers uh, in gas stations and restaurants. How are you feeling about this year's team? First of all, in our first over-under, I didn't like that we didn't get to Ian Book. You know, mm-hmm. Jameis goes down, Taysom's terrible. It, mm-hmm. it might be Ian Book time. You know, Ian yeah. Book and Sean Payton together, na- name a better combination. Okay, I, Listen, I'm I willing to offer you – I'm willing to <laughs> offer you a bet right now. Who's going to have a better year, Davis Mills or Ian Book? I'll put, I'll put it out on the table. We'll do a steak dinner bet. Who's going to have like better stats? I feel like it's Davis Mills. My guy, Davis Mills, as we know. No, because I think Davis Mills is going to get to play. So his stats exactly. are going to be, exactly. be better. <laughs> exactly. If they both played, I would definitely take that bet. Notre Dame, eight and a half. Obviously, I'm taking the over. I think they get to 10. I think that I, I don't think I'm not as worried about North Carolina um, as Andre was you know, alluding to. I get that one or USC. Um, I do think that there's Wisconsin uh, is certainly going to be interesting Cincinnati. Notre Dame plays this year uh, is going to be a strong uh, opponent, but I don't I don't see more than two losses in this schedule. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you're very uh, bullish on Notre Dame. I just, you know, I uh, I feel I don't like that they can't score. It doesn't look like wide receivers are going to need a lot of help, and I feel like um, Notre Dame is that their sneaky best when they can score some points. And I feel like it's going to be a struggle this year, um, and I do like those games. I feel like those games like a like a a Cincinnati or Virginia Tech, um, North Carolina even, I feel like those, those have normally tipped for Notre Dame. I feel like it's going to tip against them this year. So I think I'm we're all in the over under. and we're rooting for Notre Dame all season, correct? I'm, I'm going under. I'm going under. I'm just like, I, I just switched change. on the fly. Yeah, I just don't like it and I don't, I don't want to root for them. So I, I feel like that'll, I feel like that'll track well. Um, okay, let's go. Let's move, to Oklahoma. <laughs> let's move to Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma is a juggernaut. They will continue to be a juggernaut. Their number is 11. Um, their schedule is hot white trash. Um, I think, you know, um, the, yeah, you know, I was thinking before this, it really is about Spencer Rattler, right? Is he the truth or is he not? And if he's the truth, they're going to be really good. Do you remember the guy? I think his name was Lou Perlman. He was like the kingmaker of all the boy bands in the 90s until yeah, that's he, Lou. He, he either embezzled money or was a pedophile or both. I'm not sure just allegedly, 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 allegedly you know, allegedly. <laughs> but like that's what Lincoln Riley feels like to me with quarterbacks minus the illegal activity. Allegedly, you know, I just think he's really good at quarterbacks and I feel like Spencer Rattler might be the best pure talent of anybody he's ever had. So for me, that's, that's like reason enough to, to want to take the over Andre, when you're looking at them, what are you thinking? Yeah, I like this team. Uh, I like this team a lot. Return 15 starters, uh, you know, scoring points has never been a problem for Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. And I think this year they're finally going to have a defense that will actually help the offense and not be a liability like it has been in the past. Um, you know, like you said, a very favorable schedule. You know, Texas and Dallas at Oklahoma State are kind of the two that stick out um, on the schedule. And then, of course, you get Iowa State, which probably will – the winner of that game wins, uh, wins the Big 12. So, you know, yeah. I think that – it, the back end of their schedule is a little bit tougher. Uh, you know, no out-of-conference games to really speak of. Um, and, you know, what's kind of crazy is you look at the schedule, they've unexpectedly lost to Kansas State two years in a row. 
Incredible. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, are they due for just one sort of just one game where they don't show up? It, it looks like they've, that's kind of where they've been in the past couple of years. But I do, I do like this team, you know, I have them in my, my CFP. I see 11 or 12 wins. So I'm going to take the over, uh, tw- you know, 12 means undefeated. I don't see a loss really on their schedule. If you do, it's a push at 11. So I'm taking the over. Yeah. I agree. Jason, what about you? So you're both on a perfect season, right? And we we're on a perfect season for Ohio State as well. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to take the under, and okay. I don't have big reason for it. I don't see two losses in there. Uh, this is a stay away for me. I, I think they're going to get one loss. Then you're re- really just trying to bet towards a push. Um, I, I, I'm going to take the under only to be a bit contrarian and not like uh, aggressive like Knox is doing on purpose to be mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. hostile as he can to me towards Notre Dame. That's right. But this yeah, is more exactly. like where my gut is, not just where my mind is telling me to be mean to a friend like <laughs> it's so close. But uh, I'm going to take the under on this one. Listen, you know, the case against them is their secondary. You could make the case that it sucks. You know, there there's uh, a little bit of weakness there. Um, the only guy coming back is, uh, I think, DJ Graham, um, and he's been dicey. I, I think this is this is one of those classic uh, Oklahoma teams. Like, I feel like their defensive line is going to be ridiculous. Um, I think offensively they're going to put up a lot of points. But I, I think the biggest thing in taking the under is, does it feel like we're in the in-between years where Lincoln Riley is like, do I want to stay in Norman for the rest of my life or do I want to try? Do I want to be in Chicago next year coaching Justin Fields after Matt Nagy gets uh, uh, fired? I, I don't know. And that, it, and like that taking the eye off the ball might be like where you're like, okay, let's fade the, the Sooners a little bit. But I just, it's really about that schedule is garbage. It's really, yeah. really bad. I think Texas is not ready. And really what you're looking at is Bedlam. Uh, will they be able to handle Oklahoma State? And I think they will. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I like that overall a lot. And, you know, there's going to be undertones of everyone's going to be giving Oklahoma their best game this year because of the SEC thing. It's like, well, yeah, but if they don't have the players to back up giving Oklahoma their best game, it's not going to matter too much. But, you know, at Kansas State, like Andre was talking about, at Oklahoma State, like you were talking about, at Texas – uh, I think that something's going to happen in there. Andre, if you had to bet on it, do you think Lincoln Riley's back in Norman next year? That's a good question. Um, I mean, eventually, I feel like he's got to go. He's got to right. try it. I don't know. Why I mean, not wait till the SEC move? Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. I think that there's um, – I'm going to say no. Just I think the SEC move, I think he likes being a college, um, a college coach. And there's some guys that – their system works and guess what? It, when it works, it's fun. And I don't yeah. have to, you know, try to, to implement this in the NFL. Um, so I would say, I think he is in Oklahoma next year and maybe the next year. And let's see them in the sec and, and kind of see how that system works uh, day in, day out against uh, sec teams. Sure. Sure. I just, if he's a competitive guy, I can see him being like, and especially if a, if a job comes open with a good quarterback if him being like, why would I want to go to the SEC and like fight that? Why, why don't I just like cash out now? Um, I don't know. I like, but I like the idea of him being the quarterback guru and people just coming to Norman to talk to him about offense football. That seems like a pretty good life. And I feel like uh, whatever he's making, eight million or whatever a year uh, in Oklahoma probably gets you a lot of it goes a long way. In Norman. <laughs> <laughs> this estimate is good on that. Uh, so uh, let's move to Texas, which is a depressing seven and a half. The number's so low. It was lower than I was ready for. Um, I, you know, I don't, 
Uh, Texas is the Notre Dame of the Big 12 for me. I don't like watching them. They're always underwhelming and unimpressive to me, you know, and no offense, uh, Jason, but it's just like, I just, I would prefer (laughs) a lot of offense (laughs) taken for the record, but I think it's okay. I just, I would prefer you guys to like get your stuff together than me having to like mentally babysit. Are you going to be good or are you going to be bad? Um, I think I like the Sark move. Um, I like his ability to play call. I like the offensive line. I like the running back. Um, I don't really like much else. Um, so I think I am, man, I'm thinking under on this one. Uh, Andre, when you're looking at, what are you thinking? I initially have over. I have eight and four as an over. Uh, like you said, I like Sark. I like what he does offensively. You know, this team's going to have to get better on defense, but with, with the offense, you know, which sort of direction do they go at quarterback? They've got – it's still, I think, some uncertainty with Casey Thompson and Hudson Card. Um, I think you get the more athletic Hudson Card, but you got a guy in, in uh, Casey Thompson that's been there for a while. So kind of which direction is he leaning at quarterback? And, you know, they do have some nice pieces um, around him at running back at the offensive line, but the defense is just not good. It hasn't been no. good. Um you know, and you know it's an interesting schedule for them. You know, they open with a, a sneaky Louisiana game that you know the casual Texas fans probably overlooking, but uh, that's a that's a pretty good team returning quite a bit from last year. And then they go to Arkansas, who they're they're well coached. They're going to be better than they were last year. So you know, I think that's an L. That's is there a scenario up, where they know? start zero and two, and then Oof. it just you're automatically just thrown into the fire? Um, but I, I don't think they start zero and two. But, you know, you pencil in an Oklahoma loss, probably Oklahoma State loss, an Iowa State loss. Yeah, if you've got one of those at the, yeah, at the top at of the Iowa loss. State. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I have a slide over at 8-4. and four. You could convince me 7-5 and five or 6-6. Six and six. This is a complete stay away from me because I have no idea what to expect from them. Um, so, if I would say over, but I have no conviction behind it. You know, I think if, if two games in – we're seeing that they're running the ball a lot. I like their chances more because I, I think Sark is a good he he runs play action really well. And I think this offensive line is genuinely good. And I think Bijan Robinson, I think he can be really I he he might get Heisman buzzed if like it tips the right way. Um but if we look up and they're trying to fling it and we realize that Sark's offense doesn't work so well when you don't have ungodly wide receivers. Well, we might be looking at a real poo-poo season. Jason, what about you? When you're thinking about how bad Notre Dame is and how bad Texas is, like just like how do you feel in general about life? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you clarify? <laughs> you didn't say no. no there's a question in there. Could you clarify that question again? Because I think Notre Dame got thrown in there. Uh, <laughs> here's my thing on, on Texas. Record was 7-3 last year. Mm-hmm. Do we agree that this is an upgrade at coach? Yes, 100%. Yes. Then you got to take the over. If the over under is seven and a half, I'm I'm taking I'm taking the over. Uh, I think that they they are going to again be in that same conference um, and deal with the same teams that Oklahoma is. And as we were just listing them off, there it's it's at um, Iowa State. I think that's going to be tough. They're hosting Oklahoma and hosting Oklahoma State. Probably lose all three of those um, at Arkansas. Seems tough, but all of a sudden it's. Uh, I, why would they lose any of the other games? Maybe they will. Maybe they'll squeak one of these hard games out, uh, especially hosting both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So I'm going to take the over here, and that's really based off of the upgrade at head coach, even though I don't know that Sark's going to take them to the promised land long term. But I do think that uh, there, there will be some initial push uh, going. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's an initial downgrade at quarterback, though. You, you had a guy that yeah. had been there for a while with Sam Ellinger, and I think that him just being at quarterback probably got them an extra win or two last mm. year. So, you know, who, who is the quarterback, and, and then how do they, how does he sort of dial it up? for them yeah sneakily i feel like not enough was made at how bad uh recruiting tom herman was you know i know it i, I don't know if it's it's bad at recruiting or bad at player development but this roster sucks this is not a good roster like they're they're secondary according to pff the out of 10 teams they're ranked eighth there's no reason for texas to ever be that low in any positional ranking ever um so i i i don't know this you know i can see this being one of those teams where just a changing coach means that they're uh, chasing Oklahoma for the title, or it could just be, hey, the roster really sucks, and like we gotta we gotta wait a few years. So, Jason, you're not you're not super bullish on Sark at Texas. Andre, are you like in two or three years? Are you like, no, he's gonna have these these guys run in the right re- direction? Yeah, I think so. And I, I'm you know good for him for kind of getting that second chance. Um, you know, he what he did at Alabama is impressive, but I think a competent play caller at Alabama <laughs> with the weapons that he had. Uh, can make himself look good, but yeah, good for him for getting a second chance at a head coaching job. And, uh, and I think he does well. I think he's in a, a good spot, but as we know, the Texas, uh, fan base and the Texas sort of, uh, athletic department can, can eat their own at, <laughs> at a moment's notice. And, you know, if, like I said, uh, you start 0 and 2 and you're just immediately on that, that, that wrong foot, uh, it, it's a hard hole to sort of dig your way out of. Yeah, luckily Rice is waiting right there for you. <laughs> Ready to take one on the chin. Are you um, saying on okay. the under, Knox? Yeah, I'm going to say on the under. I'm going to say on the okay. under. That, the, the roster really sucks, and I feel like he's not going to be able. It's going to take a minute, and I think that Arkansas game is an L. Um, I think Oklahoma is going to be an L. I think Oklahoma State is going to be an L. I think West Virginia or Kansas State is going to be L's too. So I feel like there's going to be some good signs, but he needs a quarterback, and he needs uh, wide receiver talent, and he'll have those in the next couple of years, but he doesn't have them right now. Um, okay, let's go to the last one. This is Clemson, uh, and their number is a robust, a healthy 11.5. And, and honestly, correct me if I'm wrong here, this is really about do they beat Georgia? And if they beat Georgia, you're taking the over, and if they do not, you're taking the under. Um, man, I, I – Yeah, no, no push potential here like, no, like there is on uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, it kind of is what it is. I'll go ahead and kick it to you, Andre, because you have a better sense of that game probably than I do. Um, how are you feeling about that Clemson number? Yeah, I mean, I've got a list of kind of the pros and cons for that number, but it, at the top of the list is do they beat Georgia? If you think they do, you take the over. If you don't, you take the under because their schedule is hot garbage without yeah. Georgia in it. They'll be at least a double-digit favorite against every single one. They'll be, you know, they're extreme heavy favorites to win their seventh straight ACC title. But, you know, they return nine starters on defense. That defense is going to be good. They're going to be yeah. elite across the defensive line. Uh, you know, what's interesting note is their best cornerback in all ACC um, player last year transferred to Georgia, and it will be starting for Georgia opposite Clemson uh, in two weeks. Mm. Uh, but, you know, on offense, I think there's a lot of question marks on offense. You, you know, you lost Trevor Lawrence. You lost ETN. There's questions around the offensive line. You know, a lot of the, the news out of some of the scrimmages is they've got kind of seven guys and they can't get it down to five. There's a lot of uncertainty of who's going to finally be that starting five along the offensive line. You know, wide receiver, they get some big news with Justin Ross coming back after his uh, neck injury. Uh, and you know, you know, for me, it's an under because I think they lose to Georgia. Um, (laughs) so there is some bias to that. 
but as the casual fan, like I said, it's you just kind of pick a side. Do you think they beat Georgia or not? And that's your lean. So what's the uh, line on that game right now? Three and a half. Clemson minus three and a half currently. That probably makes sense. I think that's a that's a fair line. I think, yeah, I'm I'm. You know, I think there's a lot to love about – like, they're the opposite of Texas. Their roster depth is obscene. It's really obscene because when you look at, like, Joe Nada and Justin Ross, and they're just like, maybe they'll help this year, and they're elite prospects. They're elite they, – and all their receivers are always 6'12", 250 pounds, and they run a three three forty. You know, it's just – I don't know how this happens, but it does. Um, and their defense returns. Um, I think this is – you know, with Clemson – I think the running back is going to be an issue for them because replacing Travis Etienne is is a tall order. And I don't know if it's just one of those plug-and-play things where you just find a guy and he just runs through the big holes and and does good. Or, you know, is that going to be a real loss for them? I think, honestly, and I want to tee you up for this, Jason, uh, this is about their quarterback. Do you think he's next-level quarterback or do you not? Jason, here we go again. <laughs> knowing that you've been in training, um, you, you I mean, you told me before we started recording that part the mantra that got you up that mountain was saying the Clemson's quarterback name in your head. Like that was the thing that carried you when you couldn't carry yourself. Are you ready to say that name publicly? There's one there's one set of footprints in the sand. And you know who it was? It was <laughs> me DJ's saying this name. <laughs> you ready? I'm yeah. I am I am now prepared to say his name. Okay. Okay, let's hear it. DJ. DJ, I like we're See, that's working, a smart that's the smart move. Yeah, we're working move. towards the last name. Yeah. We are yeah. solidified on the first name and we are working towards the last name. Um, I'll definitely be hearing it quite a bit during that Georgia game. Mm-hmm. Definitely mm-hmm. intended to watch that game. Uh, so we will we will have a full name. Okay, He's never asked for a full name. Say his name. I said it. We will have a full name. There you go. We <laughs> note for the audio. Uh, Andre is showing Jason how to pronounce it. Listen, I did that as well. I watched. I, I I read where he pronounced it himself, but then I also watched the YouTube pronunciation, which was incorrect. So I had to spell it <laughs> uh, phonetically as well. My mine is uh, DJ Ui Angalele, and that's. I, I think I, I'm just going to go with DJ as well. You know, just just out of uh, extreme caution. So um, I don't. I don't know. Do you do you really think in that broadcast we're going to hear his last name a lot, or do you think they're going to yeah. go DJ? I think they can't go DJ the entire time. And I, I you know, those guys practice for it. Yeah, Herbie's been, Herbie's been on it for a month. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Herbie's going to be crushing that. Um, Jason, do you, are you, are you, are you going Georgia or are you going Clemson in that game? I'm going Georgia. I really am. And I, I think that this is, this is, um, this is something I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet if this line stays at 11 and a half, uh, getting closer to that game. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. The, the Clemson, wins total stays at 11 and a half getting closer to the Georgia Clemson game. And as long as there's not a major injury or some news, let's like, okay, this line is moving from the game line is moving from three and a half to something different. I'm going to be betting Georgia on the game and Clemson on the season under. Okay. See, I'm, I think I'm going to, I'm still, I'm going to take Georgia. I'm not going to bet that because I'm just, I've decided to cast my lot with Georgia and I'm going to ride that to hell this year. Um, I don't feel comfortable enough to bet that though, you know, because of Why? honestly, if you're going to ride that lot, to hell, then then take three and a half points. It's if you because think they're the, going to win and be great this year. Why would this is probably going to be the only, maybe one other, two other games this, that they're going to be not favored in? Take Georgia in the points. Listen, you're trying to bully me, and I understand. I, I respect what you're doing. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's if if Georgia's training camp hadn't been so tumultuous, I'd have been like, yeah, full send. But I feel like there's been a lot of drama, and I don't love the drama. Um, Less and, drama, and more injuries. Yeah, oh, just like go. 
personnel tumult, and I don't love that. You I will know, say that it's getting better. It, yeah, that's you think true. It's because Jake Fromm's gone, could that be part of it? Could be. Could be. I, let's ask Andre now. Do you think it's because that sweater Matt Stafford wore on the cover of ESPN? I think that's it's it's uh, unconscionable. Why it's, someone would let him wear that sweater? That's quite a look there, bud. That's California for you. <laughs> I don't know. I just, um, you know, I think we just assume Clemson's always incredible, right? And it's it's a little underrated how when you lose a generational talent at quarterback, there's a drop off, you know. And I think uh, Alabama's dodged that a little bit. Um, we'll see if they dodge that this year. Clemson's been able to hand off from like Deshaun to uh, to Trevor uh, Lawrence. And it's not that it's terrible or it's an emergency, but it might be worth two games, you know? And it might be one of the things where they drop a couple games this year. So I think I would take the – I'm going to take the under. Um, I would stay away, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Clemson uh, drops two or three this year. Yeah, and that's the thing is is if you think Georgia's going to win, you might as well make this bet as well. Because if you're betting that Georgia's going to win, then you might – you know, you have this at at 11.5 – then you're already on the under just with one game. And it's kind of like the Oklahoma thing where they, they are all these teams going to go undefeated Ohio state, Oklahoma, Clemson, Alabama. We haven't done sec Georgia. They're not all going undefeated, right? Sure. It's but just, Oklahoma just, and Ohio state and Clemson might all go undefeated. I, right. That might be and a bet. It, I would be comfortable taking. And if it wasn't for the Georgia game, I would be even more confident in Clemson than Ohio State or Oklahoma. Because of the schedule. It's so bad. It's it's so bad. It is just this Georgia game, and that's why you see the line for totals at 11.5 for Clemson. So I'm under. Andre's under. and I'm under as well. I'm under as well. I'm under as well. Okay. Big under on Notre Dame. Huge under on Notre Dame, but also an under on Clemson. Just Let me ask re- you a question. I don't even um, have something to attack you about. I don't even know who, where your allegiance is anymore in college football. Like, I can come after fun. Brady if you want me to, but he's freaking hilarious on social now. Like when you classify yourself entity. as a sports agnostic, there's nobody. There's nothing for someone to attack you with, right? Because like you just you don't have any 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 tetherings, so you just get to kind of fly over and just trash talk people. It's really fun. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but what you know? Are you still on Tennessee or remember that phase? That's no, fun. don't even that was do really that. Really fun for us as your don't friends even to do watch that. You, That's not even true. Tennessee fan fra- phase. If you want, if you're trying to look for a weak spot, you can talk about my number one boy Lane Kiffin. If that's what you're trying to do, I'll be no, I'll be vulnerable and tell you that. That's not even a shots against you. you. You having that is more fun for everyone than it is like for us to take pot shots at it. Do you guys hear that? Have you heard the whisperings like I've heard Lane Kiffin? Lane Kiffin to Texas. Lane Kiffin to Texas. A couple years. That needs to happen. Lane Kiffin to Chicago. Let's do that. Chicago Bears. Let's go. I'm into that. Oh, my gosh. Lane Kiffin and Justin Fields in the pros. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm (laughs) so into it. You don't even understand how into it I am. Um, okay, let's go ahead and transition to Cameo Close to the Pin. Um, we, you know, you guys were absent last week, but we did. I, I, I talked through it on the text thread, how we dealt with that. Jason, how did you celebrate that triumphant win? You know, I um, didn't have a beer uh, mm-hmm. during that win and just kept prepping for that mountain. Acclamation. Wow, I, I appreciate deal. it. I appreciate it. you're just like, there's just another Tuesday for me. Just another win. Thank Wednesday. you for you know, I don't really like Over Under Achievers. It's now a hiking podcast. Let me tell, <laughs> talk, talk to you about hiking poles, okay? Here's what you want to do. On the way up, you want a little bit shorter. On yeah. the way down, you want a little bit longer. That's okay. angles for you, folks. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I have found um, who uh, the subject of our Cameo Close to the Pin for this week, um, and to recap the standings, we've got Jason with nine wins, 
Um, I've got I'm 10 a, for the record. I, oh, you do have 10? I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, didn't I went back. I was not I'm given down. the proper credit for my win when I wasn't present. You know what it was? It's, Let me go you, update it one time. I'm going to put an update <laughs> in there. Listen, I don't like having the losses and the ties on there. You know, I saw that. I don't know why you don't, but it's fine. We don't I just have like, to track I just those like having anymore. the Ws. I mean, we can have the ties on there too. So Jason's at 10. Uh, I've, I've got five and a tie. Andre, you've got five and a tie. Um, so we're, we're chasing Jason right now. It's just what it is, you know, is what it is. And that's okay. Um, so the subject for today's came close to the pin. This episode's close to the pin, uh, is the former NFL kicker, Sebastian Janikowski. How oh much my. would it cost you to get an encouragogram from Sebastian? Is that Janikowski? what they called? No, I just like, I just kind of riffed off that. That's what we called it at youth camp at church. Encouragograms. We would do. So like at youth camp, you would have little folders and you could write someone encouragement like, hey, you're doing great. Or I like how you did a Bible verse the other day um, and like put it in their little folder. Um, I have told this on the Bible bench, though. Um, I would always get, hey, you're too clickish or, hey, you don't talk to new people enough. So <laughs> it was a disencouragogram. It was a very unencouragogram and I didn't like it. Uh, very did much. I write one of them? Um, I don't think you did. I don't think you did. Encouragogram is available for a dollar a month. Did we just start a new company? I think we maybe should. Let's go ahead and grab that. Let's go ahead and park that uh, GoDaddy uh, Have situation. Have you seen like uh, there's this new uh, cameo something jolt? Celebrity no. jolt or athlete jolt or something? No. What is that? Like they accost you on the street? Like they yell <laughs> no, at you? No, I think it's a cameo uh, competitor. I would like a cameo competitor that's not like, hey, great job on your uh, job promotion, but it's almost like tough talk. You know what I mean? Like they they were like, hey, man, you're kind of you've gained 15 pounds. And your wife doesn't want to tell you, but you have, so you need to cut this the is, weight. Okay, this is a different site. I think I think there's a market opportunity for that. A passive aggressive cameo. I think that'd be interesting. Um, okay, do you guys have your numbers? No, let me write this down here. Sebastian Janikowski. Is he still playing? Hey. I know you have to ask yourself that. That is a great question. I don't think he is, but he could be. And I just you want to know what he seems like. He seems like there's a Russian football league, and he's the kicker for both teams every game. Yeah, like that's just like he just came in and he said, "Here's what we're doing now." All time kicker, and before he kicks, he hands his open beer, open Corona to the holder. Like I could completely see that. Because to to recap this, didn't he play for the uh, Florida State team with like Peter Work on it? Like a yeah, billion a years ago? ago. That was a very then, long time ago. And then Raiders and did did he played somewhere else for a, a hot minute? I'm not looking up anything, so I'm really stuck here because I feel like he's a you know humble origins guy, right? He's not like he doesn't he doesn't call himself like sea bass in the third person. <laughs> I got I gotta tell you, I am a hundred percent on the opposite direction of you. I think he is full on Sebastian kickball hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think he's okay. full third person. Oh, man, this is so difficult. Okay, I think I have my number. Okay, I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Ready. Yes, I'm ready. Okay, I've got... Wow, Jason, did you... Jason, can you guys see mine? Yeah. 55? I've got 55. 55. Jason has $177, which I love, and Andre has $75. 75 Why is where I wanted so to be. Low? But I just... I feel like he's a guy, he's like... Uh, I grew up building shoes with father, you know, so like careful here, careful no, here. <laughs> 55 could be a lot of money for him, you know? Um, so final answer on Sebastian Janikowski. Um, okay. This is, there's a wrinkle here and I, I need, I need a ruling because okay. I think, well, actually Andre still wins. Um, cause he has, he has an established price. 
but Cameo is offering 25% off for you to use the service, which no, reduces the established price. price. Established so, price, yeah. Okay, established price. Uh, so that's the is, number he set. He is setting his price at one hundred dollars, you can have oh, it for one hundred dollars. I was going to do one hundred dollars because Wayne Wayne Crebet was one hundred dollars, but then I thought one of you would do one twenty five or one fifty because mm. of Sebastian thinking that he was worth the money. Uh, so Does that means seventy five dollars was on the the discounted price. That's right. That's Nailed correct. It. Okay. That's right. So, and just for context, in uh, he has zero views. <laughs> um, no one has used him yet. Um, oh, he, his sample video is him with a snapback hat backwards. He nice. is wearing a Raiders shirt. Um, and he, I guess he lives, do you know, like in Florida when you have like an outdoor pool situation? Um, but you also have like a, I don't know. It's covering. almost like like a like a covering. Like you can still see through. Like the sun still gets through it, but I guess it. What's like it called? Is that a lanai? Is that what it's called? Is that what it is? I think so. I thought lanai no- was just the outdoor area. There's like there's definitely covering. Man, Florida, it's, Florida it's a very Florida. It's a very Florida thing. Yes, it's it's yeah. big Florida, and he has a. Uh, I guess it's the extra small big green egg. Okay, that's in the background <laughs> of what I'm seeing here. Okay, I'm not. Th- I'm not commenting on that. I'm the not mini max. You know, that's I, more functional than you might think. It, it might be, but I just there's a there's a mental hurdle for me to be like, hey, can I get the tiniest little baby girl that you've got from a little baby food that I make for myself? I just couldn't do that, and that's that's a big kicker. Hey, shout out grilling with dad; he uses his mini max all the time. Uh, I can't believe there's no reviews. I can't believe no one is <laughs> like, hey, sea bass. Sea bass. <laughs> that's incredible to me. Uh, but he do. played for the Seahawks. Uh, oh, you're right. right. You're right. I you're looked right. up his Wikipedia. I've still never been on Cameo.com or whatever the website is. He was uh, kicker when my number one boy, Lane Kiffin, tried to attempt like an 85-yard field goal uh, before <laughs> halftime, uh, and it didn't It didn't work. But um, Let me ask you a question. Have you put all of it. your Shia LaBeouf into Lane Kiffin? Yeah, I have. I've redirected, like. and redirected that one, all that energy. And Lane's already tried to been, be taken down a couple of times now, but when he finally... When that gauntlet finally comes, I'm just so curious who you're going to jump to next. It's going it's, to it's, be it's Vince reckoning. Vaughn. It's Vince Vaughn. That's who I'm jumping to next. So I'm trying not to like make that happen now. That's my safety valve. So. Why? Let's make it happen now. You know, I just I don't know. Ahead, I just make it happen now ahead of that uh, Bill Lawrence show. Maybe, maybe I've got all the stock here, but I just let's let's hope Lane Kiffin stays chill, Vince Vaughn stays chill, and let's hope Sebastian Janikowski gets some cameos. You know, he responds in five days, which is a long time to respond. You got to, you got to turn that up a little bit. See bass. I don't know what to tell you. Um, okay. That's going to do for this episode of the over underachievers guys. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for being here again. Um, if you want to leave us a five star rating and review, that would be amazing. But if you also just want to tell people who might like the show that they should listen, that's also super helpful. Um, as always, I'm Knox. He's Jason. He's Andre. We will see you next time.